Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The old world is dying. The new world struggles to be born. Now is the time of monsters. Well, welcome to the Time of Monsters podcast, hosted by The Nation magazine and available wherever you can listen to podcasts. This week, um, we're returning to a kind of favorite podcast of this podcast, uh, which is uh, Kanye West, uh, uh, who's refashioned himself as Yee, uh, recently went on the Alex Jones show um, and uh, started uh, doing the remarkable thing of shocking even Alex Jones uh, by, by talking, uh, because Jones said, well, people are calling you a Nazi and that's unfair. And uh, uh, Yee uh, responded, um, uh, the uh well actually i like nazis and i like hitler um and this whole you know created a, a big kind of uh kerfuffle and uh, a lot of discussion and reopened you know this very painful question of sort of like anti-semitism um and uh, uh the sort of um a lot of evidence it's pointing to kind of like a rise of anti-semitism in the united states both in terms of uh, hate crimes and hate speech um I thought um, it might be good to like kind of contextualize this uh, in a sort of broader discussion of um, the relationship between uh, Jews um, and the right. Um, and I, I thought one interesting, um, you know, like not to start with Kanye, but maybe pull back to like sort of more mainstream figures who kind of uh, illustrate this. And, and, and that might uh, and then to come back to Kanye. Um, and uh, the person I wanted to talk to about this, especially, uh, is uh, Sarah Posner, uh, author of an excellent book on the evangelical uh, Christian nationalist called Unholy, um, and uh, also a columnist on uh, MSNBC. Um, and she's uh, written a lot about the sort of the political right and especially its religious dimensions. Um, and I, I thought one place we could start with was this kind of um, remarkable interview uh, given in The New Yorker by Martin Klein, uh, who's uh, the president of the uh, Zionist Organization of America. And uh, he, like a lot of Jews, was very uh, upset at these developments and also especially upset that uh, former President Donald Trump met with uh, Kanye West and also met with like you know, someone who could accurately be described as, as a genuine Nazi, uh, Nick Fuentes. Uh, and Klein expressed his um, uh, uh, pain at this by saying, well, he doesn't think that Donald Trump is an anti-Semite. That makes no sense. Donald Trump moved the American embassy to Jerusalem and he did many great things. And he has a, a Jewish daughter, uh, Jewish son-in-law and his uh, daughter has converted to Judaism and has Jewish grandkids. And then Donald Trump is, uh, and Klein is a supporter of Trump and even gave Trump the, um, uh, the, the, the highest honor of the Zionist Organization of America just a few weeks ago. Uh, so uh, the um, so uh, maybe Sarah can kind of illuminate, like what, what do you think of uh, Klein's sort of position uh, that, uh, that uh, you know, Trump can't be an anti-Semite? 
Well, first of all, I just want to say that Mort Klein represents a minority of American Jews. Most American Jews do not subscribe to the political ideology of the Zionist Organization of America, which Klein heads. Um, so it's important to put that context in there uh, because you know, Klein may purport to represent America, the views of American Jews, but he does not. Um, and quite, you know, obviously from public opinion polling, the majority of American Jews do not support Donald Trump. Um, I haven't seen any polling on whether American Jews think uh, uh, Donald Trump is an anti-Semite. But I mean, the excuse making by Klein that Trump isn't an anti-Semite because he did these things for Israel, okay? You have to understand that Trump did not do those things, quote unquote, for Israel. Trump moved the American embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem because that was something that the Christian right wanted. So his base in the in U.S. politics is the Christian right. He, re, he relies on white evangelicals to win, you know, to, he relied on them to win in 2016. He relied on them in 2020, not only, uh, you know, to uh, vote for him even though he didn't win, but he also relied on them to perpetuate the lie that he had, the election had been stolen from him. Um, and they were really the constituency that wanted the embassy moved. Uh, American Jews didn't really want the embassy moved. They didn't really care. Um, and this was kind of a no brainer for Trump given his evangelical supporters. And um, so when Klein talks about those things, he's kind of missing the point that Trump you know, okay, fine. If you believe that Trump did that for Israel and the Jews, you might think he's, you know, quote unquote, not an anti-Semite, but he didn't even do those things, quote unquote, for Israel or for the Jews. So, um, you know, he could care less about those things. This was something that the uh, the evangelical right had been pounding away on for many years. Yeah, no, I, I think that's right. And I, I think in some ways, um, I mean, the ambiguity of this position comes from that there's a consensus that one could build among um, uh, very right-wing Jews uh, for whom, uh, like, like Klein, for whom Israel is paramount, and particularly a kind of very uh, militarized version of sort of greater Israel is, is what they support, and, and uh, evangelicals. And th so these, these are two groups with very different kind of worldviews, but they can kind of come together. Uh, with, with the evangelicals, you know, many of them Believing that, like, you need um, the return um, uh, 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 of the embassy to Jerusalem and the sort of uh, building up of Israel as a prelude to the apocalypse, uh, mm -hmm. so, so, which is not what I assume Mark Klein believes. <laughs> but, but, but people with different points of view in politics can come together if they share share common kind of uh, 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 practical project. So, so, so it does seem like that there's a kind of convergence. And, and, and I think Trump himself is kind of part of this convergence. So like you have people, you know, um, uh, with different agendas where uh, uh, have created the consensus for themselves. And like, how would you kind of like, uh, would you agree with that? Well, I think that um, Klein and the evangelical right share a political agenda that is supporting uh, a right-wing government of Israel that um, is uh, not only supportive of the occupation, but eager to further uh, expand the occupation and deprive Palestinians of their rights and their land. Um, so right-wing American Zionists and right-wing American Christian Zionists agree on that political project. Where they disagree, 
and they've chosen to just like, quote unquote, disagree and be friendly, is that the evangelicals believe that, you know, at the end of the day, Jews will have to convert to Christianity or they're going to perish in a lake of brimstone as prophesied in the Bible. Um, and so they believe that it is their duty, their religious duty, um, an imperative to convert Jews to Christianity. They simultaneously believe that because of this Bible prophecy, that it's their duty to ensure that the Jews are ingathered in Israel as part of the precondition for Jesus's return. So this is why they like the idea of Jews being in Israel and, and taking control of all of the land that they believe God granted them in the Bible, regardless of, you know, the fact that uh, much of it is was and is owned by Palestinians. Um, and so there's that conflicting theology, which the, you know, right-wing Zionists have decided to just like oh, conveniently overlook in favor of this shared political agenda. Um, but this is, again, you know, this is a view, the view of um, Israel and the occupation and the view of uh, Jewish support for Donald Trump and the view of Jewish alliance with uh, a religious movement that seeks to convert Jews or let them die violently. Um, this is, again, is not something that's shared by a majority of American Jews. So Klein, again, is representing a minority viewpoint among Jews in the United States, yet this is a powerful position because the evangelicals can point to it to say, see, we're not against the Jews. We have these Jewish friends like Moore Klein. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I, I mean, um, I think one of the interesting uh, things about recent developments is that this sort of uh, what we could call a sort of pragmatic alliance is coming under some sort of pressure uh, from events. And I, th I think it's in Moore Klein's interest, you know, um, to uh, 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 say that Trump is not an anti-Semite and to deny, you know, some of the, you know, social anti-Semitic stuff he does. And uh, uh, Trump's apparent uh, desire to shore up his support among um, uh, the hardcore right is kind of like uh, coming to tension with, with that program. Yes, yes. But, you know, Klein has a convenient straw man, right? He says, well, Donald Trump is an anti-Semite. He might have you know, had a lapse in judgment for having dinner at Mar-a-Lago with Ye and Nick Fuentes, who's an actual Nazi, right? He might've had a lapse in judgment, but you know who the real anti-Semite is? Elon Omar or Rashida Tlaib, right? And so basically because they've succeeded in defining anyone who questions um, the Israeli government's position on the occupation, question it as being anti-Semitic, because they've set that up and they've sort of solidified that in the in American political discourse, Klein will always say, well, you know, Trump really isn't an anti-Semite. I know him. He's my friend. I gave him the Theodore Herzl Award. He can't possibly be an anti-Semite. Okay, he had a lapse in judgment. But these other people, they're the real anti-Semites. Yeah, no, I, I think that's... Um... Uh, I mean, I, I think that's the, the way the sort of uh, dynamic works. And I, you had pointed to the sort of how convenient this sort of consensus is for like evangelicals, because it is a way for themselves. So uh, any questions people might have about their views of Jews can kind of get thrown, like, you know, cast aside. Well, if you have, you know, like very prominent uh, uh, public officials who, you know, you and I might know might not represent well, or certainly don't represent the majority of Jewish opinion, but are, you know, like sort of held up in the media 
yes. prominent voices, you know, giving their sort of stamp of approval there um, to uh, 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 evangelicals um, because of their support of Israel. That I mean, that's a pretty uh, useful shit to have, like in sort of like definitely. You know, yeah, it's a and shield. you know, we we we've seen um, political figures use it as a as both a shield and a sword, so to speak. Right when we saw Doug Mastriano's wife on the campaign trail say to an Israeli journalist, you know, that that she and her husband support Israel more than you possibly could, right? <laughs> because they, he was, the journalist was questioning, like, now I can't remember what the specific thing was, but like sort of the, um, you know, the the wisdom of the, the uh, occupation or the right-wing government in Israel or, you know, whatever the specific question was. Her retort was that, you know, don't question our support for Israel. We actually, you know, we actually support Israel more than most Jews do. So these even a lot of evangelicals sort of take that up, similarly to how they might say, well, you know, uh, mainline Protestants aren't really real Christians. They've kind of taken this up with Jews that like maybe Jews who do not sufficiently support Israel are not really, you know, yeah, that's actually the interesting thing that I want to like maybe uh, expand upon, because one of the things that we're seeing from the right is this idea that American Jews, the majority of American Jews aren't really Jews, uh, that uh, because they aren't as supportive of Israel as evangelicals. Uh, there's this figure, a very popular YouTube figure uh, on the right, uh, Stephen Chowder, uh, who said about uh, the Kanye West controversy, uh, he's not wrong about everything. Uh, look, is there a conversation to be had about people with Jewish last names exploiting people uh, in the performing arts? Yes. And I thought that phrase, people with Jewish last names, uh, is very interesting. And then one sees that increasingly on the right, like this idea that their uh, uh, secular Jews are, you know, like uh, Jews in name only, uh, you know, uh, uh, Genos, uh as a variation of rhinos, uh, Republicans in name only, or, mm -hmm. you know, in the context of um, uh, Christianity, a lot of evangelical Christians will say, well, so-and-so is a nominal Christian. Uh, yes. Because, you know, they, they, they're, they, they have to be a mainline Protestant, so they're not really Christian. So, 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 so part of what's going on is this kind of attempt to say that, like, you know, the majority of American Jews uh, and even Jews in Israel who are like critical of Netanyahu, they're not real Jews. And and and, and by uh, contrast, as you say, you know, like the the uh, 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 evangelical, they're the, the uh, they're the real Jews. Like, uh, they, uh, are you seeing a lot both of the real Christians and the real Jews? <laughs> both the real Christians and the real Jews. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. But you know, so there are two ways of looking at this. One is that they have a political alliance over their political views on Israel Palestine, right? Uh, right-wing uh, uh, American Zionist, Jewish Zionists and, and right-wing uh, American Christian Zionists. But, you know, what you just said also brings up is the fact how, of how they are trying to define religion in this very specific way so that only people of this very, quote-unquote, orthodox version of the faith are entitled to be, to call themselves, you know, a Christian or call themselves a Jew or a Jew who loves Israel or, or whatever the formulation is. And so part of this is this political idea, but it's also this attempt to, 
to define what is religious and then therefore what is entitled to the protection, say, of the Constitution um, for religion. So we saw that today, you know, at the Supreme Court, where the question of whether there were Christians who support marriage equality, you know, in the arguments in the 303 creative case, right? So the question of whether there are Christians who support marriage equality was not even addressed, really. The question was, you know, this Christian website designer shouldn't have to create a website for same-sex couples because her faith says she should oppose marriage equality. Well, that's, you know, basically serving to the Supreme Court, you know, something that they've been uh, sort of gradually doing over the years anyway, which is, you know, here the, this one version of religion is entitled to this kind of protection. So this is like, you know, all of this is kind of of a piece of, of, of what's going on here. So it's both like a religious and a political project. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the, the court case because um, uh, it, it does seem like there is a kind of um, very sectarian view of religion that is kind of becoming part of constitutional law. Mm -hmm. And I think if one were to try to maybe explain the... Um... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Um, the sort of political impulses uh, behind it um, or the political emotions behind this, there's the kind of view that the real Christians uh, are under siege and that there are these secular forces, uh, some of whom are like, you know, uh, liberal Christians or call themselves mm -hmm. uh, Christians, but they're not real Christians. And one, one saw it in the Supreme Court hearing was just like, you know, talk about how uh, uh, there's going to be re-education for Christians if, if, uh, to make sure that they toe the line on same-sex marriage. I well, mean, so, so, but he talked about that in the context of whether um, an employer who um, who had a training for employees about how to comply with a non-discrimination law, Justice Gorsuch characterized that as re-education training, as if learning about what the law is, which Justice Gorsuch should be concerned about, um, was some kind of nefarious, you know, re-education camp, like in a, you know, totalitarian state. Um, so I think there were a bunch of things that were revealed in those uh, in those arguments, but you know, one of them is, is one of them was, like you said, this this uh, favoring of this sectarian religious view, um, but also just this 
deep skepticism and um, and uh, hostility towards on the part of the of the conservative justices, uh, you know, non discrimination laws as they apply to um, uh, LGBTQ people, and maybe even as they apply to other people. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I think some of the questioning uh, coming from the liberal justices was trying to like raise that, like to to what degree does this skepticism is it going to be you know applied more broadly? Uh, but um, I mean, this might help like um, clarify something that I think people who are like outside who aren't close observers of the uh, religious right the way you are, like often express puzzlement over, which is why evangelical Christians stuck with Donald Trump. You know, this is very flawed man uh, who is like, you know, his own, own personal history uh, and suggest um, uh, someone with a, a bare familiarity with uh, church doctrine and not, not a religious person at all. Um, but uh, I, I think a lot of that support came from the fact that these these communities see themselves as under siege, see have this kind of very paranoid view that there's a totalitarian threat that is going to you know destroy their faith, mm-hmm. um, and see as a you know see uh, as an enemy, not just secular uh, people, but like uh, uh, people who are uh, Christians uh, but are more uh, liberal than they are, and therefore they need a champion, and, and that that Trump is the uh, the kind of um, uh, figure that one would have a sort of strong man who will yeah. like, you know, give them what they need. And he did. I mean, I think it's fair to say he gave them a lot. I mean, he gave them three Supreme Court justices who are yes. now, as we're seeing, like yep. adapting their vision of the world. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, but the, other, that- the other thing is that it's important to point out that they they believe uh, that they're under siege by the, the forces that you described, but they also believe that they're under siege by a secular government. So one of the other things that they so admired about Trump and appreciated about Trump and were grateful to him for was how he appointed so many of their you know like-minded conservative Christians, not just to Supreme Court uh, seats, but to you know lower court seats and to political appointments within his administration. So that was proof to them that he was willing to stack the government with people who thought like they did so that the secular government wouldn't oppress them with you know its anti-Christian agendas. That's right. And um so Trump's um uh and I think that this, this sort of uh, desire for um, uh, that sort of strong theocratic figure probably, I, I want to underscore, probably transcends Trump himself. That I think uh, one thing that makes maybe DeSantis interesting and the competition between Trump and DeSantis interesting is that DeSantis has decided that his path to the White House is to win over those evangelicals and to make himself like their new champion. To say that, you know, uh, uh, I know not to criticize Trump, but to say I can do things uh, that Trump has done and more. Um, yeah. And uh, I think I think you wrote about this in a very kind of interesting way with the, um, the, the how DeSantis is uh, deliberately pitching himself as the the next champion of the evangelicals. Anointed by God. Anointed by God. Yeah, yeah, that's right. What was it? What was that ad again? It was like uh, um, on the eighth day, God created uh, uh, DeSantis. Yeah. 
Yeah, he ran an ad. It was web only, obviously, like he wasn't going to put this on TV. Um, but, you know, it was a riff on the Paul Harvey God Made a Farmer and it was God Made a Fighter. Uh, and, uh, you know, so basically he was saying that, you know, on the eighth day, God made Ron DeSantis and, uh, you know, he's the anointed one who's going to save you patriotic Christian Americans from the woke mob. Yeah. I mean, that was the message of the ad. Yeah, yeah. Now, again, I mean, you watch this stuff much more closely than I do. I have to say, as an outsider, like, I, I would have thought that there'd be Christians who might, like, kind of raise their eyebrow at this, because to me, it seems like such an obviously blasphemous uh, <laughs> thing. Yes. <laughs> to, to, to hold up any secular politician as, uh, uh, I, I mean, like, I would have, kind of, I could, um, like, what would happen if someone you know had put out you know on the eighth day god created joe biden or hillary oh my god right yes yes (laughs) um well i think i think um desantis is testing the waters right so he saw how trump was able to capitalize on this idea that he that god had anointed him and that he was like another king cyrus and all of that um so he's testing the waters for well how far can i go um without crossing that blasphemous line um and so i feel like this this ad that he ran very close to election day and on the web only and basically you know not with a ton of fanfare his wife tweeted it out you know um i i, I read it as uh, a kind of test of just how far the he thinks the base will let him go but he definitely he's definitely going to go in that direction of you know i god has his hand on my shoulder so that you know i can protect you from the secularist woke mob that's going to cancel christianity and all of that that's clearly what his message is going to be yeah 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 so it's i mean i uh, i mean it raises all sorts of interesting questions um one of which, like to my mind, is like whether he'll be able to pull it off. Not in terms of like winning over the evangelicals, but how this stuff is going to play to the broader America. I mean, I think Trump had the kind of advantage that he was um, made that these pitches to evangelicals, but he also had this prehistory as a sort of libertine playboy, and so there were a lot of like secular people, particularly secular non-college people, who like you know kind of thought like, well, Trump, who supported Trump in greater numbers than they would uh, uh, Mitt Romney or uh, John McCain, because, or uh, even a George Bush, because they said, well, you know, this guy, you know, he's like, uh, he's not really serious about this stuff. Uh, well, I think and- also, you know, his 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 history as a businessman, the reality TV and all of that, you know, played in his favor. Ron DeSantis doesn't have any of that, right? You know, he, he tried to, you know, he went to war with Disney, so, you know, how is that going to play with, you know, your non-evangelical, non-religious right base? You know, we'll see. Uh, but I think that, you know, any Republican candidate is going to find out that they can't win the nomination without appealing to that base. And then what do they do in in the general? So I think that Trump had, you know, was able to play both both ways there. Um, but I, I'm, it's not completely clear to me how a non-Trump candidate does that, you know, makes their way through the primary, assuming they, they're able to beat Trump in the primary and then how they pivot in the general. Yeah, no, no, it's very, I mean, it seems to me that like DeSantis is a much more brittle and less flexible figure than Trump. Trump kind of had, 
the advantage, as you said, of being a reality show star. And so people projected onto him a lot of different things, mm -hmm. contrary things. And I'm not sure DeSantis has that luxury. Um, the, the final point I want to maybe like end on is to circle back to this Kanye thing, because I think one of the interesting things with, um, you know, Kanye West, uh, you know, I, I think we have to go beyond anti-Semitism. I mean, once you're praising Hitler, like, you know, it's kind of like embrace of Nazism and the mm -hmm. and his embrace of figures like Nick Fuentes and uh, Milo Yiannopoulos um, and, and others. Um, uh, it sort of shows a kind of fissure on the right. And I don't want to say like there's a large number of these Nazis out there. I don't think that there's a, you know, like the actual hardcore Hitler lovers are like, you know, like anything near um, uh, uh, a significant mass movement. But on the other hand, the someone like Nick Fuentes has a following on the right of, um, and especially among young people, a young man. Um, and it seems like uh, to some degree, um, Republican politicians aren't able to uh distance themselves it's not, not like like the, these um Fuentes gives you enough numbers to win but it's kind of the uh, works against your political interest to uh condemn him and then you're gonna like uh, demobilize part of your base uh and one sees that you know not only with Trump meeting with Fuentes and then kind of like you know not denouncing it just I didn't know who he was and also I mean I think it's significant that to date um, uh, DeSantis has not denounced uh, uh, Fuentes, even though one would think that he, if he's competing against Trump, it would be in his interest. Um, so it, to the extent that like someone like, you know, um, Kanye and Fuentes are making more visible, like a kind of very explicit anti-Semitism, um, th th this is to me seems like a real fissure on the right, that this, this kind of like breaks up that consensus that we had talked about earlier, the sort of, you know, um, consensus that allowed a Morton Klein to work with, say, Jerry Falwell and Donald Trump, as we're all supporters of Israel together. Like, once you have, like, it being very visible that, no, the actual people on the right that, like, you know, will, you know, like, are very clear uh, that they don't, um, that they, they're uh, hostile to Jews, and also... I think significantly that they don't buy into the consensus on Israel. That 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 represents a real problem. So so I I don't know. What do you think of that? Well, I wanted to say something about uh, Kanye's appearance on the Alex Jones show, and um, this might just be my own view of of that, but it struck me immediately that. Uh, Jones, who's had a lot of problems of his own these days, including that he just declared bankruptcy because of the uh, judgments against him in the Sandy Hook defamation trials, um, that he had uh, yay on his show because he knew that he would say something beyond outrageous and that, oh, he stunned even Alex Jones. So Jones doesn't look like the most extreme crazy person on the right right now. He gave that to yay. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good Yeah, point. right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, none of these things sort of happen coincidentally. Like, yeah. I felt like that was a sort of a deliberate frame for them so that, you know, he could position, so Jones could position himself as less extreme. Yeah. Um, now, as far as whether that has broken the ties between, you know, uh, right-wing Jewish 
groups or people like Mort Klein um, and the evangelical right, it's like very bewildering to me. It's not bewildering, but it's, you know, it should be bewildering to all of us um, that there hasn't been some kind of fissure here, but there's just endless excuse making for Trump. Klein says that Fuentes is deplorable and, and, you know, despicable and whatever. And so is yay, but Donald Trump is an anti-Semite. It's kind of like Trump cannot move out of this space where he is, you know, the hero who moved the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, regardless of, you know, whatever happens, you know, going forward. But all of this dates back to 2016 when he brought you know like he retweeted the guy with the white genocide handle in in twitter and he pretended to not know who david duke is there are very fine people on both sides i mean there's a long history here of not only trump doing these things to kind of move move the overton window a little bit so maybe these people aren't really so extreme he kind of denounced them but they're very fine people or he retweeted this guy so maybe he's okay trump retweeted this guy so like maybe we should listen to what he has to say so it's kind of like this gradual moving of it to be more mainstream you know fuentes has the ear of no matter what she might say now um, in in hindsight, but he has the ear of Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul, Paul Gosar. These aren't outliers in the Republican Party. Um, and so I think it's like a very dangerous moving of like what is sort of acceptable speech within Republican circles um, to be like, OK, so like we'll have we'll have the guy who goes on Alex Jones and says, I like Hitler. Like he's not okay, but somehow all this stuff in between is, we're not really going to denounce it. I mean, that's kind of where we are right now. You know, and yeah, as, no, a, I, as a, I, as I a Jewish it. person, it's very, you know, <laughs> disconcerting to say the least. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very uh, upsetting. I mean, I, I think you're describing the dynamic exactly right. It's a kind of fluid situation, but with people constantly testing to see how much farther they can go and also very cynically repositioning themselves in ways to make themselves look a little bit better because, well, at least I'm not the guy praising Hitler, but as if, you know, like, I, I mean, I thought it was very interesting on that um, Kanye appearance uh, that uh, Jones uh, you know, did do that, like, you know, like, oh, I don't agree with you on this. But then he said, at one point, Kanye repeatedly talked about sort of, you know, uh, Jewish pedophiles. And uh, the, uh, Jones said something to the effect of, well, there is a Jewish mafia. We have to deal with that. So, mm -hmm. so, so there's always a kind of like, yeah, partial legitimization, um, of, along with the sort of refurbishing of reputation. Right. Um, because, 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 if Jones really thought that Kanye was out there, why would he even have him on his program? That's right. That's right. Yeah. He could have cut the mic at any point. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I think that's absolutely right. And unfortunately, I think it will actually. I mean, I'm imagining the ratings of that would are very good, and uh, uh, some of the press even has been good for Jones. Um. So, uh, I, we've covered a lot of ground. Uh, but I, I think we have a pretty comprehensive kind of picture of. You know, the, the spectrum that's out there. Uh, and uh, I, I want to thank uh, Sarah once again for uh, 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 coming on uh, this show again. And it's always very illuminating to talk to her. It's always my pleasure to talk with you, Jeep. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. 
American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.